Okay, so we are back, and uh, let's just do a quick round of introductions of our guests, and we will start with Kayla. Hi, I'm Kale from Chaos Studios. I am the creator of Sailor Moon Sacrifice, the visual fanfiction on YouTube, which is now a manga. And Flora? Hi, I'm Flora Run. That's my uh, one. That's my pen name on uh, AO3 and Tumblr and fanfiction.net. I'm a fanfiction writer and sometimes fan artist. And um, yeah, I... Uh, I'm loving to be on this podcast. It's not my first podcast. Uh, podcast. I was on a different podcast before. Mezo, if you're hearing this, I'm sorry I'm cheating on you. I promise it's a one-time thing. Um, and glad to be here. Awesome. Daikon? I am Daikon. I am a fanfiction writer. I write Usamamo fanfiction. And you can find me on uh Tumblr and AO3 under Daikon1, as in the number, not as in spelled out. And Jacket. Hi, I'm Ugly Green Jacket. I am a Sailor Moon fanfiction writer, um, and you can find me under Ugly Green Jacket on Tumblr and AO3. Okay. So we last left off on um, our question was, what's a favorite fan work you have created? And we were starting off with Kale, but I know that Sacrifice is like the first of the first. So it, since it's because it, <laughs> since it is your first, is it your favorite? <laughs> oh well, yes. Like, I mean, it's the only fan fiction I've ever created. I, I, okay, I'm lying. So when I was really young, and the Backstreet Boys were a thing, <laughs> I used to write. I used to write fan fiction about Nick Carter, but we don't talk about that anymore. We we don't. <laughs> But aside from that, I guess, Sacrifice has been the only Sailor Moon project I have going on, any fanfic project I have going on. Um, it's probably the only one I'm ever going to do because uh, as we're, as my team, we've grown and got older together and we've been working on some original stories and characters. And actually in the future, we hope to turn our little Calso Studios YouTube channel into an actual studio producing manga, original story manga, and I'm I'm very excited to see where this leads after Sacrifice. I'm excited too. So I'm really excited to see. Uh, Flora, since you've written over a million words, <laughs> fan fiction. Yeah, I do know. You have it's a, mind-boggling. Do you um, have a favorite fan work? Of mine is a very hard question. Um, it changes. Um, it used to be Yugen for the longest time, which is Ikigai's sequel. Um, until I wrote Seduction, and then it was that. Um, until, again, I wrote Blind, and that's currently, I would say, it. Um, we were saying in the last episode how um, we often put ourselves into our fanfiction Without noticing it, this was one of the fan fictions where I was blatantly doing it. Like, um, Blind was an exercise in self-acceptance in a lot of ways. I've never more put myself into um, my writing than with Blind. And, um, yeah, it that it changes, it keeps changing, and... Um, the, ch- the change when it becomes my favorite is never right after I wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it takes a long time and distance for myself to learn to love my own works. Um, imposter syndrome is loud like that. Um, so it, it's that moment where I reread my own work and from such a distance that I don't cry quite remember writing every sentence, but it feels a little bit new to me. I've forgotten the process. And that's when I start liking my own work. That makes so much sense. <laughs> uh, Daikon, what about you? Do you have a favorite framework that you have created? Uh, <laughs> so that's a very hard question. Like, I don't have children, but I assume that this is akin to, like, pick your favorite child. Uh, <laughs> and that uh, feels like a very daunting and uh, Wait, loaded... I, I, like if, if somebody asked you to, t to pick who your favorite child was, which I don't have children, I have no idea what that experience would be. But like, that's that's what it feels akin to to me is that idea of like, here are a bunch of things that you love and have a lot of yourself in them, and which one do you like best? Um, and I, th I think in terms of like the sheer sense of achievement that I feel when I think of it. Um, R is for reverse, as mentioned, you know, it's it's the Hobbit length. I, I wrote something the length of the Hobbit and I'm very, very proud of that. And it was like my first significant, with all the air quotes, um, fan work. So there's a, definitely a certain amount of like, I love it for that. But then there's a lot of other stuff that I've written that I'm also like, oh, but this is so cute. Or, oh, but this has so much of me in it. And so it's like, I love A Blind Date with Destiny. I love The Runner Up. I'm really enjoying working on Close to Home right now. So like, oh, choosing a favorite, that's the hard one. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally understandable. And, you know, I definitely can understand the, you know, like, choose your favorite child, like, no, you know, you may have an answer, but you know, it's probably not, you know, it can change. It's not always the same. And there's so many factors that go into picking a favorite. It's very hard to do. Um, what about you, Jacket? Favorite fan work you have created? Or I actually do have a pretty easy favorite. Um, Hikari 27 is probably my favorite. Um, it's... Yay! <laughs> it's one where... Uh, Usagi and Mamoru meet on the Shinkansen and there's a really funny story on how it came to be because my husband and I were in Japan, we were on the Shinkansen and this absolutely gorgeous Japanese guy sat in the seat, the other seat on our row and so I was like covertly trying to take pictures of him and sending it to Flora one while I was on the train and she was like, oh my god, you have to write a story about this and I mean so much of like the outfit that Mamoru wears when they meet is the same outfit that the guy was wearing the article that he was reading the guy was reading on the train is the same one that mom was reading in the story so that one that's kind of my heart story just because you know so much of of my love for japan was poured into that and it, you know it was born there so that's definitely my favorite well that's really cool now uh, add that to the list to read um so i and my i tasked my co-host with homework to read at least one story um, written by you guys and to check out Sailor Moon Sacrifice. Yes, so, I want to know uh, which it was. Right, so we're going to start actually I'll start. So I'm going to talk about the stories I read and what did I think about them. So 
So the first story I read was um, Sadat by Flora Wong. And it the is, painful one. You read the painful you, you oh one. I, I it just it just like I was like there's just so many stories to read, and so I was scrolling and reading descriptions. I saw Sadat, and I was like, I have to read this, and I'm glad that I read it because it's it's this it's super angsty. Um, this angsty we want it together but we can't story and the emotions that you go through and the passion that you feel between these characters um, just it just it just hit so many buttons for me it was just like I was in, immediately engrossed and I felt so bad for Usagi. Then I also felt bad for Mauru, especially when he said um, something along the lines like, you're not going to replace me with him, are you? Like, that threw me into hysteria. I was like, oh my gosh, like, just um, and it was spicy. Woo! It was super spicy. <laughs> yeah, um, I tend to be, yeah. And um, but that's but it's like the passion that you feel between these characters and the longing and, and the longing and the yearning, which is what Sadat means, was it was just it was one of those in-between moments I was talking about where it's like this is plausible, like this could have happened. Like I like immediately when I read the story, I thought about the episode in the anime when they break up and it was like, oh my gosh, that would be such a good like little sub arc in the story where they're literally like you know broken up but they can't stay away from each other like it was it's touched on in the anime but not to this level at all like if it if i think that i i um uh, someone mentioned that you know the the anime relationship between mamo and Asagi seemed rushed um i think that like uh, stories like this would help firmly establish their relationship. I wish that the, the anime kind of had that in mind, but they had more of you know a relationship in a sense that was gradual and even after they broke up still had those lingering effects and it wasn't just um, like Usagi constantly running into him and him being a jackass about him, right? Uh, yeah, for sure. So uh I also read Enough um, by Ugly Green Jacket, and this I and the reason why I, and the reason why I commented um, earlier that the story was satisfying because it brought about an ending to Stars that I wish Stars had. <laughs> like I felt like it it was like the continuation that needed to continue beyond the scene where she they, they kiss under the moon and it was like this guy was gone for a long time and you can't just fall back into place like that and enough touched on that it touched on that it dived into it and it brought a more satisfying end to the anime for me than the actual anime itself so I loved enough like it was it was like the perfect ending 
And I was telling Z and Lumi, I was like, between Sadad and Enough, I need an adult Sailor Moon novel like yesterday. Because it's it makes for good writing. It's a great story. Like I was like, oh my gosh, if if only, if 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 that would be my one wish is that you guys could like collaboratively work on a series of novels and get paid to do it. <laughs> well, thank and, you. That was I think that was like the second fic that I ever wrote. So I'm glad it still holds up because if I read it, I would probably think it was terrible. So I'm glad that I, you liked it. I loved it. And um, I mentioned earlier that I read In Your Orbit by Daikon. And um, I think given like how heavy Sadat was and um, like the like, satisfaction I felt from Enough, In Your Orbit was... It was a lighthearted affair that I just could not get enough of. Like I was like, I read the first chapter. And it was in, it's uh, about the mug, and I was like, that is so cute. And then the second one, it threw me for a loop. I was like, wait a minute, this is different. And the way it continued after that, it was just like, that's why I was like, oh my gosh, this looks, this sounds like a manga short like I wish there was like this is good enough content to be a short manga that people like people would enjoy especially Usamamo fans um In Your Orbit was like like uh like Sadat and Enough were like my entrees and Into Orbit was my dessert like it was just light and fluffy and delicious and I loved it so um thank you for sharing your stories. Um, I definitely enjoyed them and I'm looking forward to reading more. I will say Sadaji is like one of, I think the third most painful story I've written, the third most ang- angstiest. Um, Daikon keeps saying that this is the one story of mine that she um, cannot reread. Will not reread. So. Will not. Like I, <laughs> I, I sometimes think about it and then I just remember ugly crying in my husband's lap as I was reading it the first time and I'm just like nope nope not not happening so um I'm very sorry that this is the one that was your introduction to me but I'm glad you liked it I yeah I loved I loved it a lot it was just and it like it just drops you in and it was like it was it was honestly like watching uh like a drama show it was just like and the you captured the like each of you have captured the essence of these characters and it's so compelling and it's plausible that this has happened in the same universe and that's what I loved about it it wasn't so far fetched like Usagi and Mamoru would never like I like, I was like this could really happen and don't be surprised if I borrow some of these concepts from my story because they, they were they were great. I love them. So thank you so much. You're very welcome to. <laughs> uh, Sailor Moon Sacrifice. Kale knows how much I love Sacrifice. Uh, Yay! And Sacrifice is like was my first introduction to fan work, and I was I was there for the first four acts of the show. I was there seeing this team taking like season one like um, animation and art and updating it to give it um, 
like a superstar feel to it because the animation has like evolved since it first came out. And it and let me tell you guys, the Sacrifice YouTube series brought about things that we thought we would never see in the nineties anime. So we saw. Can I interrupt for one second? Yeah. The, the one of the hardest things about Sacrifice was to make it look real and to make all the animation look the same because, as everyone knows, there were so many different directors. And <laughs> people ask why we took so much time. That's why. Right. I mean, we we had to have everything look consistent. Yes. So, with that being said, um, and I'm pretty sure everybody can relate. For those that have seen um, Crystal or they've seen the Eternal movies, and we get to see like Pluto and Saturn and Uranus and Neptune get their crystal transformations for the first time. That's how I felt when I watched Sacrifice because they get their transformation, their their super transformations in this series and it is legit like when i say it's legit it's legit like i was like super stoked when i saw it because it was like because at that point in time sacrifice was the only thing that there was that was bringing about content that was on par with the anime and bringing things to life that we thought would never come to life so it's like so when people are like saying, oh my gosh, we saw Saturn transform, we're getting to see the eternal fruit in Cosmos. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, 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 whoa. I what? wish we could have made Saturn transform, but she never transformed. We had something in the works, and I had an artist who was immaculate at making it look. She she even combined a crystal uh, with her own work, like the crystal transformation with her own work, and it looked so good. But at that time, we she just didn't have the resources and time and yeah, but there was a screenshot of her getting ready to pose. That's what yes. I'm referring to. Yes. And yes. That's, oh, I, yeah. I, the, the leak stuff. We have so many leak things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Um, I definitely wanted to bring up sacrifice. So, Z, back to you. Um, oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> what stories have you read and what did you read? All right. I got a whole little list here. So, for Daikon... I read Close to Home. It was very, very cute. And I'm very sad that there's only three chapters. Um, I initially picked it because I'm a sucker for slow burns in general. That's one reason why I love Detective Conan so much. Because Shinichi and Ron have such a slow burn kind of relationship. So that's a whole little trope that I like. Um, And I also love AUs. (laughs) I love AUs in general. Uh, so I love the idea of future AU kind of stuff where we kind of see the characters potentially do the careers that they most likely would go into. Um, so him being in a position of like health and like being in a hospital and stuff, I thought that was super, super cool. And I, I love, oh, I love how you wrote Mamoru. I was like, this is Mamoru to a T. I love <laughs> it every moment of this. Um, and I love the little things that you changed about his backstory, essentially how uh, Usagi and Mamoru view each other as like, he, he's a brother to me, she's a sister to me. I love that kind of dynamic and it potentially <laughs> becoming something worse. I was like, oh, I'm in. I'm 100% into the story. And then I got to the end of chapter three and I was like, I'm so upset right now. I wish that there was more. 
And I, I since just, I am it, reading on privileges, you will be very <laughs> pleased about the next chapters. Oh, fantastic! It is. I, I was so going to say the next one's getting close to being ready. So. Oh yay! Oh, I'm so excited. And it just has all these little tropes that I love. I'm such a trope person when it comes to to stories and things, and I, I love how you put them in there. And I also noticed, I believe you specifically wrote in like second person, first, second, third person ish. I, I like POV stuff, so sticking much. And I find it hard, you know, to really get into the mindset of, partic- of a particular character, especially when it comes to writing POVs, because you really want to make sure that you, you nail know, the characteristics and, and the thought processes that a particular character might have. And I think you were absolutely spot on. I was clutching my phone the entire time I was reading. <laughs> like, it's, it was so good. And I cannot wait for more. It's, it was great. Oh, it was you. beautiful. <laughs> I haven't read Usamamo stuff in like a really, really stinking long time. So it was really, really, really beautiful to read. And I can't wait for this chapter. Okay. And then for Ugly Green Jacket, I wrote, not wrote, I didn't write this. Uh, I read, (laughs) (laughs) I wish I wrote this, this is really good. Um, I read Day of Delinquency. Uh, I like one shots. It it just kind of depends on how I'm feeling. Sometimes I don't mind reading something that's 10 chapters. Sometimes I want a one shot. And I like the idea. This one's one of the funniest things ever. Yes, I absolutely agree (laughs) It's so good. I love how Usagi was written in this. I, Because I, it reminded me of me. I'm like, yeah, I, I would have said something like that to the cops. Like, bro, we ain't gonna let this, we ain't gonna let this fly, are we? Oh, we, we gonna let this fly? Well, I'm not gonna let this fly. Suddenly, they're in a jail cell. Usako, how did you get here? Well, you see, question mark, question mark, question mark. I love that. And, it, and it's, it's, I say it's simple, not in a bad way, but simple as in like it's a it's a it's a general concept that was built upon, and I loved it. I loved it so much, and I believe you specifically wrote with the characterizations of the '90s anime in mind, and I I envisioned it directly. It was great. It was phenomenal. I loved it. It made me giggle and kiki uh, a whole whole lot, <laughs> and it just had little cute moments. Um, but I I loved the uh, delicacy a whole whole lot. And then for 401, I read um, the first chapter of the series of chapters that you wrote for Mama Usa week 2019, if I'm not mistaken, because that's what kind of made me do a double take of, wait a minute, hold on. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I read your (laughs) first chapter, which I think was the free day, which was titled Idiots. And naturally, since it's Mama Usa, it's an immediate read for me. And it just felt very nostalgic, kind of reading something that was for something that I initially started. And it just, it made me feel like I was 16, 17 years old again in my bedroom reading all the cool things that people would write based upon the the themes and the concepts and stuff. So it was, it was nostalgic in that factor. And I love the dance scene that you wrote closer to the end. And it's one of those moments where I just kind of let the words come off of my phone screen and I can just envision the whole entire moment happening. I love when stories kind of take me away from the words on the screen or the words in the pages and I can sincerely envision everything that's occurring. It's, it's just not a lot of books can do that and not a lot of uh, writings can do that for me. So it was, it was, it was beautiful. It was a wonderful. Um, and I also love when titles of chapters and things kind of call back 
to whatever is being referred to in the chapter. So I believe at the very end of the chapter, Usagi says, I'm an idiot or idiots or something along the lines of that. And I was like, oh, that's like a little nod to the name of the chapter. I love stuff like that. It's, it's, it's corny. To me, it's, to me, I think it's corny because it's like, why, why would you focus on that? But I love little things like that. I love the little details and the things that you might not think somebody else might see. But I see it because I love detailed stuff like that. I think, I think it's cool. I think it's great. Um, and I love your use of words. Like, you're very descriptive and you use a lot of ad- adjectives. Words. I can talk. Um, I noted freshly baked boyfriend and bubbly sweet cocktail. Those were the two phrases that I picked out. In regards to the phrasing and the, the diction that you use when it comes to conveying the story that you wrote, I think it's phenomenal, and it's it's just ah, I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, Thank you. So yes, I'm. You're so yeah, I'm, I'm one of these authors who does all the things that you're not supposed to do, like you using tons of adverbs and adjectives all the time. I um, will continue to do so. Um, but yeah, I actually just to re- reference back to like because Usamama Week was something that you you started like this was one of those stories where and I tried to do that after again but I think in idiots it worked the best where I was taking the themes of Usamama Week um, and making them into one consecutive story so like all the chap like this is whole all the chapters are one story but they're all the chapters each are referencing one of these days um mm. of the themed week and that was one of the stories where that in hindsight of course i didn't believe so when i wrote it or just after it was written but in hindsight where it worked well i loved every moment of it and i was just boohooing at all of these stories and now to get to ko because I, I i got words with you beautiful <laughs> amazing phenomenal words with you what um, did i do <laughs> you did everything beautifully right um because g would bring you up a lot it was like oh my goodness this is amazing da, da, da. i was like oh bet i'm gonna check this out uh and i i pretty much for the most part read most of act one that i saw on facebook and i enjoyed the ever-loving mess out of it and I really, really loved the art style that she used. I know earlier you had talked about how you really wanted to try and create a feel that was reminiscent to the anime because you discussed how you know there's different art directors and stuff, and you want to make yep. sure things are as cohesive as possible. Yeah, well, and I think in this case, in this case, say yes. Every uh, we're we're divvying it up because every uh, scene has a new artist so you'll see like mm-hmm. way huge differences in one scene to the other but we all mm-hmm. try to have that like 90s aspect to it because that's what we grew up on that's what we how we learned how to draw i make love it i sadly did not grow up on the 90s make love it. I love it. oh my god <laughs> sorry i have a lot of make language i say, they can testify i say that a lot yeah. Um, that's okay I, we I, have I, a saying in sacrifice it's like <laughs> i love mick rituals okay i got you oh fantastic so you were on the same page we're on the same page i love that and i guess a general thing for all of you phenomenal people but i noted it specifically within ko is that i love when i'm able to read characters and get that mindset of he would say that she would say that because uh, it goes to show the level of dedication and the sense of knowing that you have for said characters because you know oftentimes you can read things about characters that people may write and it, it doesn't sound like something that like Mamoru or say or something that Usagi would say 
but like with all of your writings and, and your beautiful artworks and stories and more so, it sincerely felt like something that would come out of Sailor Moon, whether it's something that's current or it felt like a sequel in a sense. Like I could totally see this happening after the events of Sailor Moon canon. And y'all all nail these characters amazingly. It's 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 <laughs> I, I really appreciate that because we take a lot of time and develop the scenes. Like what I do is usually I, I assign the scenes with like a little uh, one shot line. So this panel has this, this panel has this, this panel has this. And my mm -hmm. artists perfectly execute the characters. I'm just like, damn guys. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because I, I love Usagi and she can testify and Lumi can testify. I love Mamaru way too much. That's my man. That's my dude. He, like, he's actually coming up. He's coming up soon. Actually, a star. No, not star steeds, but uh, he has a very dominant scene very soon. So I'm excited to show him because because I don't know a lot about his personality, but Star Seed eighty six knows this boy inside out. So look forward to that. He's my everything, and y'all y'all did these characters some beautiful justice, and I cannot wait to Thank read you. more. <laughs> Whether it's with more chapters, stairs at Tycon, or um, <laughs> <laughs> more installations, stairs at Kaon. Uh, I'm I'm so enthused. Like it, it genuinely made me want to continue reading Sailor Moon fanfiction because that's something I have not done in years, like literal years. <laughs> As I said, I need you, you guys to be direct me where to go to read fanfiction. I would greatly appreciate that. I, got you. I mean, I, got I in you. general endorse anything by Flora or Ugly Green Jacket, you know. Y'all are so luckily, the really basic answer. <laughs> right. And luckily, the stories come with prompts. So you'll be mm -hmm. able to see, like, which ones are the spicy ones and which ones are more, um, like, you know, you can We're determine spicy. which one's more your speed. And as always, Daikon is leaving herself out, but definitely also read Daikon stuff because it's brilliant. It's also good. <laughs> Like y'all um, on the back, like sincerely. Yes, you guys do amazing work, and we're glad to have you on here. Okay, um, so a month ago I was reading some Sailor Moon fan fiction, um, and I actually do recognize for one because I was mostly reading them on uh, AO3 because I had used to read on fanfiction.net, but I transferred to AO3 because I just like the the sight of it better. Um, but I was reading, where is it? Hold on. Sorry, I'm so sorry. I lost it. Um, this one. Uh, La Dolier. Oh, LDE. I remember because for one, or one of them, they were talking about it. Um, but this was one that I did read. Um, oh. Oh. I just remembered what kind of story this is. Um, it's a little, uh, it's, it's spicy. Are you guys okay with me talking about it? <laughs> yes. It's, it's fine. Yeah. I, okay, um, so I did read it, and I did like the way that, um, I did like the way that she had portrayed Mamo, especially because that she didn't she didn't do the breakup part. Um and we were able to see her portrayal no her portrayal of Mamo all the way up to stars. Um which you know presented him as a really passionate, you know, um 
censored for work kind of person, um, which I did enjoy. And I was like, ooh, I really like this. And then another one that I had read by Flora was, I think it was Lucid. Was it Lucid? Yes, because um, the way that she had written it, it had reminded me of, um, again, like in the beginning of season one of Sailor Moon, when he has those, when he first has those, because that's really what it is, when he has those dreams of Princess Serenity in his mind. Um, and I do like the, and I'm like, when I read something, I'm the type of person where like the, the second I start reading, it's like a movie, movie in my head. Um, and with a lot of fan fiction writers nowadays, I kind of struggle with that. Anyways, um, and I was able to do that. So I really do appreciate, like, I do enjoy her writing and her writing style. Um, so that was very good for me. And then with the Golden Boy, um, with the Golden Boy of Juman High, it really, like, I like the spin that she did on, Us on Usamamo. Because it was like, yeah, he's like, he's the golden boy, you know, he's supposed to be a good boy. And then, you know, he's, you know, he's doing the opposite of that, you know, in the story. And I don't know, it's cute. It's really fluffy and it's really adorable. And I was, you know, I was able to keep up with, you know, um, because I struggle with, because I'm blind um, and I have astigmatisms and I also have ADHD. So like with my um, attention span, it's really hard for me to continuously read something. Which is why when I was younger, I was, you know, able to read, like, longer stories. But now I can mostly only read one-shots. Um, and I think this was really good for one-shot. So I was really able to keep up with it, too. And it was really cute. Um, and the story was well-written and it was well-done. So, yeah, I did. Those are the ones, uh, the examples of the ones that I had read. And I did enjoy those. Uh, yeah, teehee. So you talked about your your guys' favorite work that you created. We've talked about some of the stories that we have read and we liked and uh, we love them. Um, but can you tell me, like, what is a favorite fan work, fan work of yours that is created by someone else? Um, K.O., do you have an answer for this? I do, actually. Um, though mine's, my answer is going to be a little different than everyone else. Um, I'm a very visual person. I've already established that. And uh, during the uh, whole fan series boom, there were two fan series that I was just absolutely obsessed with, even if I only got a trailer or two. Because a lot of the fan series at the time, unfortunately, didn't even make it to episode one. Or they were supposed to be a one-shot movie and never released more. But uh, they gave the the uh, the basis of the story in their trailer. So um, the ones I could tell had so much love and energy and just thoughtfulness put into was called uh, Mirror Invasion. I think it was run by uh, a couple of Russian girls at the time. I did never caught their names. We were very friendly with them. We promoted them. They promoted us. And their work was just beautiful. And I believe their story had something to do with uh, mirror images coming out and being your reflective bad side. But it wasn't everyone's bad side coming out. It was mostly Serenity. And they had the mirror Serenity come out and she had her hair normal. But her crest normal, but her dress was black. 
and there was something so endearing about it because one I could tell that it didn't just slap some easy colors on there and they actually put some thought into what she would look like but their 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 dark sense and their heavy themes are what really really drew me in and then there was uh, one called Hikari who I became friends with with uh, the animator named Lalo he was such a sweet boy at the time we bonded over heavy metal music because metal um but uh <laughs> he uh he was the main animator for that and he was a tracer he was um but when he traced over things you couldn't tell where they came from he added his own original flair to that so say he'll take a really important scene from season one and he updated it to look like season five it was incredible to see. If you guys ever get the chance, look up Sailor Moon Hikari on YouTube. I, the previews alone, they had a attack sequence uploaded. They had the inners transformation uploaded. They had a couple trailers. They had, oh, it was just beautiful. Yes, I remember. But, uh, yeah, and uh, nowadays, like, fan edits seem to be a thing of the past. And I've been keeping my eye on some of the manga coming out but i i don't really browse deviantart and all that stuff anymore because deviantart became kind of like a cesspool it's <laughs> you search up something and you're bombarded with tits I, I, if i'm gonna look up tits i'm gonna look up tits i'm not gonna go to deviantart and search up Sailor moon comic and be bombarded with tits i don't want that i look up tits on my own time okay so <laughs> um so what i've what i've seen from uh just from Facebook, there's one I've been watching called Sailor Moon Doom by uh, Ubora X and uh, Sailor Moon Celestial by uh, Dom Dieffy. He's actually a guest artist on our uh, comic. He's doing uh, our next act scene three or four, but he actually has his own established manga that he's printed. And I was just so flabbergasted by his work. I reached out to him one day. I'm like, hey, how much do you love us? Because we love you. <laughs> <laughs> and he was totally on board and like I don't I always tell people like this is not a paid gig if you want to join us you can there may be a chance for payment but please don't expect much because all we want to do is get the manga printed maybe have some keychains put out a plushie would be really cool but that's about it don't expect much <laughs> that's really cool I'm looking forward to it like, I, I can't get enough for Sacrifice, so I'm always, like, more and more giving. More always... <laughs> we, have, we have some incredible guest artists coming up, but I can't reveal them because I want it to be a real surprise. Yeah. But they're... Oh, my God. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm, like, my, my biggest thing right now is to um, promote and extend the community to visualize essentially like i i want it i want these people to be shown i want my girls to be shown i don't really want to be seen <laughs> but that's just me but i want my girls to be shown i want other artists coming in to be shown i have one artist that was so shy about joining because she never posts i'm like look girl your girl your stuff is great and it needs to be shown she reluctantly agreed as long as i don't provide her username i'm like whatever <laughs> we can do that that's fine but you're still going to get payment if we get to that point. You know what I mean? I'm not going to let you hang dry just because you don't want your name known. Right. How about you, but, Floyd? Um, 
Do you have a favorite fan work of yours that is created by someone else? I definitely do, and Ugly Good Jacket and Daikon definitely know what I'm about to say, but um, yeah, Desperate and Divine by Antigone 2. By now, it's um, not only my faith, but definitely also a nostalgic faith, because um, this was the story that caused me to become active again in the Sailor Moon fandom. Um, I read that story and fell in love, and it spark the whole idea of Ikigai, which was my face first Sailor Moon story. Um, yeah, I just actually reread it for comfort the other day, and it has the amnesia trope, which is already wonderful from canon, because you have it there all over the place, basically. Um, plus, it takes a lot of my boxes for the miscommunication, um, and yeah, it has a Mamoru who's vulnerable, um, and a bit too slow to act, um, too scared to act, and the sweet layer of just right angst um, that gets me still, even all these years later. And it's not a lot of chapters, it's quite a quick read, so if anyone should be here or listen in who has not read the story Desperate and Divine by Antigone 2, I can definitely recommend. Okay. How about you, Doug? Well, in the interest of not just recommending people who are already in this uh, podcast's works, um, I'm going to recommend uh, The Heat Wave by Rayoki. Um, it is a multi-chapter about, like... I believe Usagi's like a either she's getting into college or she's like um, like her, at the end of her first year of college. I can't remember precisely. It's been a little bit since I've reread it. Um, but there's a heat wave going on and the air conditioning is having trouble keeping up with it. And I'm pretty sure Tokyo doesn't have air conditioning like we have it in the States anyway. Um, and so like everybody's hot and uncomfortable and Usagi and Mamoru are like bickering with each other. It's an AU. Um, and like, he then kisses her to like win a bet. And they, there starts being like this like intense sexual attraction that Usagi keeps like writing off as like, it's just the heat. It's just the heat. And then like, maybe it's not just the heat. Um, but I, it was, she was publishing it like, right when the COVID pandemic hit. And so I just remember, I have this just very distinct, very nostalgic, like, I remember kind of clinging to this fic, like as the whole world is going to hell, like she is publishing this thing and I'm looking forward to it. And it was just something to feel excited about during that time. And so it has that kind of like very warm nostalgic sense to it. And just also it's really well written. The pacing is on. The foreshadowing, I reread it um, after it was all finished. I sat down and reread the whole thing from start to finish. And I was like, oh my gosh, like she foreshadows so well from chapter to chapter, like what's like what's coming. And I was just very impressed with it when I sat down and could read it as a completed work. So definitely recommend The Heat Wave by Rayoki if you haven't read that. Awesome. And Jacket, how about you? Gosh, um, 
my my favorite is Ikigai by 401. Not only because for nostalgic purposes and you know the the things that it brought me because I read it. Um, but when it first came out, for what it was at the time, you know, it was fresh. It was adult. It she knew the characters really well. It was just really well done. So definitely recommend that. Um, a nostalgic favorite that I have that I think was written in 1999 that still holds up today because so much of the fan fiction that was written in the early days, if you read it now, it's just horrendous. Um, is uh, First Truths by Lilac Summers. Uh, I highly recommend that one. It's kind of a first season rewrite where uh, Mamoru is obviously in love with Usagi, but he just can't let go of this princess that comes to him in his dreams. Um, so just seeing them work through that, uh, that's one of my favorites too. Oh, awesome. Um, so I'm going to combine 11 and 12 because I think that, you know, they kind of like ride the same way. Um, but what are your thoughts on the Usamamo ship and in comparison or in contrast, the Seiya Usa ship. Um, Kale, I know Gee, you about are about to bring a whole war without one question. <laughs> well, I'm excited. Not for, thing, not for that. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I'm scared. I'm scared. I don't want pitchforks coming at me because I think they're coming. Right. Uh, and my thing is, yeah. and I, I know that Kale and I have talked about this before. Oh uh, yeah, I discussed this with Greg first of all because I'm like, all right, all right, am I going to get attacked? What's going on? He's <laughs> like, and you know, it's I, I, it's it's a they're they're controversial ships in their own way because there is there's an anti there's an anti ship out there somewhere, correct? But I, I sort of think when people hear me out on why I prefer Seiya, and it's not just a childish thing anymore. I think they'll kind of see where I'm coming from as to why I prefer Seiya. And that's ultimately what it is. It's like, it's it's to say that you're allowed to have these preferences and you have your reasons for your preferences. What oh, I, I can't... I breathe for this one. <laughs> what I can't... <laughs> the, and I have discussed this with Lumi and Z before where it's like, I don't... Mm-hmm. I get it. Some people don't like Mamoru. I get it. Some people don't like Seiya. I, you know, and vice versa. But my thing is, is that I don't like the mean girl approach when it comes to these characters. Whereas, like, I just, I just don't like him because he looks funny. Like, <laughs> you <laughs> he's know, got a weird haircut. Screw him. You know exactly. Like, uh, he's wearing an ugly green jacket. Like, no. Um, but for me, it's like. And people and like fans of this series who know these characters are able to say this character has exhibited this behavior or has done something in the story that I don't necessarily agree with and this is why. But there are some people that haven't truly watched the series or don't truly understand like what's going on and they're jumping to conclusions and I don't think that, I don't think this group is that. I think that we are able to articulate the way that we feel about these characters and these ships in a way that can bring a different perspective to our listeners and be like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Or, oh, I didn't, you know, like, that's a that's an interesting perspective on that. I didn't think of it. And, you know, I can see why this person sees it that way. I'm not trying to pit anyone against one another in such a way where it's like, okay, well, 
Usa Mamo versus Usa Z and Lumi go at it. Like that's not what this is about. <laughs> so I, I <laughs> so I just wanted to provide. I was that. totally afraid of that when you first gave me the question. I'm like, oh shit, here we go. Yeah, and and oh no, not- no, I said that. I was just like, it was a joke because me and Z and D have like a running joke that oh my god there's gonna be a war if we post this podcast because like all three of us collectively we're like i'm just speaking like from from our perspective we personally don't care who you ship we're all for any other ship. we're just like be respectful of the ships but my joke was that oh yeah we're totally gonna get pitchforks <laughs> <laughs> right so with that being said um Kale, i am I so have- ready I know that we had this conversation, so, <laughs> so you can definitely kick us off and just let us know your thoughts. Ah, fuck, shit, piss. Uh, you guys were worried about swearing earlier? I was not looking forward to this shit. <clears throat> okay, so, d- don't laugh at me, Z. <laughs> Stop it. Stop laughing at me in text. It's not nice. Okay. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Uh, the way I see, okay, I have this whole thing written down because, like, I knew it would be a hot button topic. So, they were lovers in the past life. We know little to nothing about them except for the fact that they were obsessed with each other and we maybe had, like, a smidgen of their personalities. We don't know much. It's up to, it, it's really up to the person to decide what their personalities were like, but you have to agree with me that. We don't know much about Endymion and Serenity. We know barely nothing. Um, now, they were reincarnated, and I don't believe people like would be exactly the same when they're reincarnated. And the proof of that lies, I think, in Usagi's personality and most adaptions. She's nothing like Serenity whatsoever. So why is, why is she suddenly obsessed with Mamoru? Only because she loved him in the past like that that kind of irks me it's always really irked me and uh in the 90s anime she was or he was cold distant he was just kind of there he had no real input into the relationship aside from like tolerating her and rescuing her Thought, okay. Is someone aggressively typing to say fuck this bitch? It's <laughs> <laughs> like I hear it. I don't know who is typing, but you do. I don't know, but you. it's aggressive and I'm scared. <laughs> In the manga, kind of same thing. Like, I thought he had a minimal personality. He was very strict, not overly affectionate. However, um, the good thing about the manga, Mamaru, was like he was what she needed him to be when she needed it. He kept her grounded, but I don't think there was much else to him, aside from that. Uh, PGSM, it, it, I, I don't even, I, I can't make heads or tails of PGSM. Serenity was written as an overreactive spoiled princess, and I, I, I only watched it once, so I can't really give like a valid opinion on that. Um, but overall, like, I never went into a deep dive on his personality, and all I see is that he is Usagi's anchor, and she needs that. It's not a bad thing, per se. I just don't feel like it's a good relationship. I feel it's forced, kind of like, if you're into the Naruto, 
excuse me, Naruto fandom, it's forced like Naruto and Hinata. That's how I see it, and I've just never been a fan of him. Okay. Don't don't kill me, please. No, please. I, 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 I value my life. <laughs> so you did make it. So you did make a comment in regards to uh, Saya when we were talking. Can you mention that as well? Is that are we going on to the next question as well as? Yeah, I'm combining the. I'm combining the. Two. Okay. That's fine. Um, the way I see Seiya, Seiya's the love of my life. Um, Seiya's just a big ball of love. Um, from her perspective, you have to kind of look at it from where she was. All she saw was Usagi getting hurt. Uh, and Mama wasn't there. And she didn't know why someone could hurt someone so pure and so beautiful so much. Uh, I feel like she was so persistent towards Usagi because she wanted to show her that she could. she's worthy of love. You know, she, she she deserves to be loved and not to be hurt by this person who's not there and consistently hurting her. And she didn't understand their love until Mamoru came back and understand everything that happened to him. She had no idea. So for all the people who are calling, say, a predator and all this stuff, like, it's it's out the window to me. 90s an- anyway. The 90s anime version. Yes, 90s anime version. She was still a little persistent in the manga. She was, mm-hmm. and we're going to see that in Crystal. Oh, I am so excited for that. Um, but, you know, uh, if what I see from Seiya's perspective was that she just thought he was hurting her for the sake of hurting her. That's why he, or she was the way she was towards Usagi. Now, in Sacrifice, I gave Seiya that love I always thought she should get, so that's why I paired her with Karai. Karai is ultimately, she she is gay, and she is very much in love with Starfighter. And they meet in the past, we have this whole story going on, it's really cute, and Loki, I have a spoiler, but Karai's first love was actually not Fighter, it was actually Haruka. She fell in love with Uranus first. Wow. It's cute, right? <laughs> <laughs> she, there's a whole story behind it, but uh, the, the reason why I gave Seiya being so fixated on Usagi, like hyper fixated on her, was because she reminded her of Karaya, but she just didn't know it. So that's like the redemption I give to Seiya, because I want her to feel... I want her to have that love. I want her to have that connection that she never got in stars but I thought she deserved. That is don't, don't, that don't is kill me. beautiful. That don't is beautiful. kill me. That's beautiful <laughs> and I don't I don't see I don't see like anybody that is reasonably objective. Like I don't see like how anybody could have an issue with that. The way that you explained it. There, there's always gonna be somebody who has there's an always issue. Always gonna be somebody. Right. Always. Flora, what about your thoughts? Honestly, I don't see a war coming here. <laughs> um, like, uh, Ugly Green Jacket and Daikon both have listened to me defend Seiya on multiple occasions. And I am firmly an Uzamamo shipper, definitely. But I thought I you were really... all pro. Sorry, I thought you guys were all pro Mamo, so I feel so much better. Please continue. Oh my god. <laughs> no, I mean, Seiya is for sure my third favorite character. So, first Usagi, then Mamo, then Seiya. I love Seiya. Um, I want to go f- answer this from two different um, 
sides, basically. So first would be from a trope kind of um, sense and the other from a character kind of sense. Um, and yeah, the first one, so anyway, to pre preface, I use he for Seiya and I only do that because in the original Japanese, um, all the three lights use different um, versions of I. In Japanese, you have kind of pronouns for I that are gendered. Um, there's the very masculine, there's the mid-masculine, there's the gender neutral, and then there's the more female connotated I. Um, and consecutively, regardless of um, whether he's talking as fighter or as a Seiya, um, Seiya uses he, Yaten uses she, and, um, and Taiki uses they. So that's kind of where I, I'm coming from there. But definitely they're all gender fluid um, characters for sure. But that's the only reason why I use he for Seiya. Um, but yeah, coming to it from that trope side, um, I think the story, the love story of Seiya and Usagi is unrequited love. And the lo love story of uh, Usagi and Mamoru is established established relationship and as i was saying i was very much into usagi and seiya when i was younger um which is not to say that that is a childish love story not at all but it was the absolute adornment the seeing the light in somebody who had already seen it somewhere else and wasn't giving it wasn't capable of being ass in love back in that way and I used to be in a lot of unrequited loves when I was young um, and so in this sense Seiya spoke to me a lot and Seiya's love spoke to me a lot um, and that's why I wanted that for him too so I love Keo that <laughs> you gave that to him whereas now um, Mamoru is exactly like my husband um, and my relationship, the established relationship, like a lot of these scenes that are right for Zagi and Mamo are one-to-one -one things from my marriage. And I do see him a lot differently and a lot more grounded now that I am able to appreciate this side of established relationship in that sense um, that's coming to it. That being said, I am firmly a Mamo manga <laughs> girl. Um, because I absolutely agree with you, K.O., that in a sense of the writing in the first season anime, especially when you take the English dub, which is even mm. the Viz dub, not even just the Deke dub, um, he was definitely kind of an asshole um, for the first bit. He was... I, I kind of tend to refer to... Uh, to him as Darian more than Mamoru because n neither in the German dub nor in the manga was he anything like that. He was much softer and inherently Mamoru is supposed to be a feminine coded character. He always was. He's the support character, the bot, the buffer character. He's and as from Nako said, he's emotionally distant and quote unquote kind of pathetic. I didn't say it. Nako did. I know, but you have to view <laughs> that from you have to view that from a Japanese lens, and Absolutely. even then, he is from you know he is coded feminine in this way. He always was coded feminine in this way, and had a softness. Manga Mamo had a softness that anime Mamo just didn't have, 
And、right. in all the things, like even just how he was dressed, the the、um, inspiration he was that was taken from,、um, which came through much more in the musicals, from、um, this tradition of casting women in.、Um, Not drag because it isn't drag, but、uh, but women as male characters in Japanese theater,、um, in that sense, where he was taken inspiration from, and even just the whole story about him having the crystal, um, which um, of a planet, which was more in a feminine way, and like the the mamu for Uzagi that I love is the mamu that sees her, sees this klutzy girl, and. His first reaction in the first acts of the manga,、um, when he sees danger, is to turn around, step through that window of hers, get her out of bed in her pajamas, because the best thing that he can do in battle is go get her, and that's the mamu that I love for her. And there's this scene in the R movie where he confides to her about his loneliness, and she says she's his family now,、um, and. The manga where he and Dream think she doesn't need him, and she gets to show him how very special he is all on its own.、Um, these, this, this vulnerable man who can be soft, who can stand behind her and be happy behind her,、um, because he doesn't have to be、um, the showstopper. He doesn't have to be the main act, the main protagonist.、Um, he is happy and. Being standing behind her and being the support character, that is very much, as an adult, the kind of man that I appreciate,、um, and the kind of man that I want, and the kind of man that I married, and especially this feminine side to him, that is, and like specifically, manga and Crystal Mamu, who is. A very feminist character to me、um, up to this day. On the other hand, Seiya, Seiya, for me, unarguably,、um, the writing in Stars was much better than the writing was in Classic, and the writing、hey. of Seiya in the anime is much better to me than the writing was uh, um, of Mamoru in anime Classic, in anime nineties Classic,、um, and. Like it was more emotional continuity. It was more time spent on building characters,、um, even with all the one shots in between of other characters. And Uzagi and Seiya have the chemistry that I would have loved Uzagi and Mamoru to have been allowed in the first season of Sailor Moon,、um, because they it was developed much more stri- stri-、um, stringent. Is that the word?、Um, it was. Developed in a much slower way, in a much、um, m- more character-based way, instead of gender-based, because that that quality that Mamoru has in the manga, that kind of like he, in the manga he doesn't have to be a prototype for masculinity, but in the anime sometimes he was,、um, and Seiya doesn't have that problem.、Um, I feel like the writers for Seiya. Didn't write、uh, the prototype for a man in the way they did for Mamoru because Seiya wasn't a man in that sense. Seiya was gender fluid. Seiya was both a man and a woman, or neither, or we don't know because Seiya never told us his gender identity outside Haruka of Haruka. Haruka and Seiya were very, very similar in that aspect. That's what I love、yes. about it. Yes, 
Yes, exactly. And like in that sense, like I would have loved to see, and that's why I love the updated versions of Sailor Moon. I would have loved to see what these male writers in the writers' room how they would have written a feminine character who has a male gender identity um, with the views of twenty or twenty-three um, instead. So yeah, in that sense, but also like. That is, I love Seiya. Seiya is one of my absolute favorite characters. Seiya and Uzagi are my bro TP. <laughs> um, and I can ship it. And Seiya is my third favorite character. And Seiya to me is um, from a characterization wise, Seiya is a mix between Haruka and Minako to me. Um, in that boastful, kind of childlike, kind of happy-go-lucky way but having a depth to it um, that isn't seen from the outside very quickly and Seiya four-star Suzagi who was depressed who was alone who didn't know what was happening um, with Mamoru was what Uzagi needed to keep going to be cheered to, to be cheered up in a way and I 100% agree with you that from Seiya's viewpoint, what Seiya saw was the expectation of this dude ghosting her, which of course was Thank not you. true. And he also changed his tune directly um, in the ending of Sauce, where he saw that he was actually dead and saw her hurting. His first reaction was to Absolutely. mourn for her and for her loss. Yeah. So Seiya is a beautiful character. Um, Seiya is in an is in a loves in a way that I would love anyone to be loved in the world because he did it without any sense of entitlement to her and without any sense of being owed her love. Um, You're making me sense. cry right now. Oh my god! But, you know, he could uh. be well, but it's and but Uzagi doesn't love him back that way. Uzagi loves everyone. In, uh, that her heart is her her love isn't limited. Her love is finite. Um, she loves him as well, but she loves him in the way she loves all her friends. She doesn't love him the way she loves Mamoru. Yeah, and he and wants that definitive focus. Exactly, love, and we don't. Sure. And, and I mean, we don't have to explain. Like that's one of the things that I hate about the discourse. about is Mamoru better or is Seiya better for her? Um, because you don't choose uh, who you love based on who is better or their worth or you don't want to up each other you love who you love and she happens to love Mamoru um, and that doesn't diminish for me the dynamic that Seiya and Uzagi have um, because it's not Mamoru and Uzagi aren't threatened to me by Seiya this beautiful person who just sees her for the beautiful person who she is in the way that we as the viewer see Uzagi too and love her too um, and because for me, Seiya is not a threat to to Mamoru or to this relationship. Um, I can fully say that I absolutely love Seiya. I would have loved for Mamoru to have gotten the same kind of um, development with Uzagi um, in terms of writing that that Seiya got, um, or that time to develop it. Because it was very rough. He got shafted. He got shafted. What do you mean? Maybe I don't understand. Shafted. Shaft. Uh, maybe not. Shafted is just passed over. Like he got 
throw it under the rug kind of thing. Amurume, you mean? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, the um, Ikuhara, he was um, the the main producer, I will say, showrunner um, yes. for lots of the seasons. And he was very often saying that he was afraid of showing... Um, of giving Mamo a bigger role and the romance more room because he felt like once you give room to the male character, the story becomes about the male character and he wanted to st tell the story about the girls, um, which in S made a beautiful season. Like, Ikuhara was not a bad director, but um, I feel like the manga was more the Uzagi and Mamoru love story with lots and lots of chibusas thrown in versus the anime was a story about these girls being superheroes and Uzagi also having a boyfriend um, and both of these like I love them for what they are none of them are better than the other um, but this in this instance I definitely prefer the love story of the manga because it has the softness and it has this special way in which Mamoru is allowed as a male character is allowed to be feminine and that is beautiful about him and this little introvert soul to her extrovert nature his caution to her bravia, br bravery um, and the way they complement each other and he doesn't have to one out he doesn't have to steal the show he doesn't have to be in the spotlight um, this is the mama where I love and this is the dynamic that I love without in any way having to diminish that uh, Seiya is amazing and the love that Seiya has for Uzagi is amazing that is beautifully said. Um, Daikon, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, so I'm going to open with, I am a big proponent of ship and let ship. I am a big fan of don't like, don't read. So like, I'm not in any way indicting anybody's opinions or saying that anybody has to agree with me. I want to say that up front. Um, I have shipped Usagi and Mamoru since I was five years old. <laughs> they were my like formative ship and I'm sure in a lot of ways it has shaped the ways that I perceive romance and especially because it was specifically Serena and Darian so like there is a certain amount of me reading like oh it's pigtail pulling it's a dude being stupid because he likes a girl and doesn't know how to express it I realize that that is a problematic thing in real life and I also incorporate that into basically everything that I write with Usagi and Mamoru. If, Usa if Mamoru is being a dick to Usagi, it's because he is stupid and has no social skills and he doesn't know how to say, hey, I think you're pretty. Would you like to get a milkshake with me? And instead he's like, please pay attention to me. I have no idea how else to make this happen. That's how I personally receive their relationship. and. I am invested in it and I will say because once again I didn't see stars until like a year ago I kind of hated Seiya on principle just because my understanding of stars for a very long time was Mamoru gets killed off and this new guy comes in and moves in on Usagi and that was just what I understood of the dynamic and as Flora said she gave many, many, many impassioned lectures, much like the one she just gave, uh, in which she explained, no, no, that's really not what happens. Uh, and then finally, like, we sat down and we actually watched stars 
Um, and we actually like watched it together, like on Discord, <laughs> so that like she could like monitor my responses and be like, "Can we talk about this?" And let me warn you ahead of time that you might not like part of this episode. And I got to the point of being like, "No, actually, like I get this. Like I understand what you're saying. I I don't inherently have a problem." with like the Seiya Yusa ship, like, do I support it? No. Like I am a, a Usamamo fan through and through. Do I sometimes use Seiya in my stories to present a romantic, obst- a potential romantic obstacle to Mamoru and Usagi getting together? Yes, I absolutely do. Um, because I, I agree with what Flora said. I agree with what Heo said. Like his characterization is that he cares deeply about Usagi and he wants to be with her. And that can potentially create some good driving drama for an unformed relationship of two people who are not sure how to communicate that they like each other. And especially Mamoru being the idiot boy who can't spit out his feelings again, as I always write him. I mean, so so long as like <laughs> Mamo fans understand that Saya had no idea. Oh yeah. No, I absolutely no like idea. 100% like, he had no clue that Mamoru was dead. Like, I mean, how would anybody know that Mamoru was dead? Usagi didn't even know that Mamoru was he, dead. He thought he was, like, purposely hurting her. So, I mean... Ah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't blame... I do not blame Seiya whatsoever for, like, coming in in stars and seeing this girl who, like... I will... Okay, so Flora and I had this whole nuanced conversation about in America... We, def- we have the talk. We define the relationship. You do not call someone your boyfriend unless True. you guys have decided we're exclusively dating. Yep. In Japan and in Germany, you go out like three times, you're boyfriend and girlfriend. And so there's a mm-hmm. scene in an early episode where Seiya asks Usagi if she has a boyfriend and she says yes. And he's like, okay, cool. I'm going to still pursue you. And so, like, I, the first time watching this, was like, what the fuck, Sam? That's like, not what he said, Daikon. But that's... But we, <laughs> but no, I mean, was I, that what was intended, though? Was that what was intended? But that, but that was exactly the conversation that we had, that, like, as Flora, a German person, and as a Japanese person would likely receive this, is, like, essentially, hey, is there anybody who you've gone out with more than three times you haven't since broken up with? And she's like, yeah, I, I mean, guess so. She's in America. And, like, that's that's what Seiya heard, was like, yeah, but, like, he's in America. Like, it's not that serious, as Usagi conveys it. Whereas, like, to me, an American, I hear, oh, yeah, I do have a boyfriend. And Seiya being like, I'm not going to take that seriously. So it was, like, a very specific cultural discrepancy. I agree. And so, like, I received that differently as an American than it was intended in the writing. And, like, again, once Flora and I kind of talked through that, I was like, okay, okay, I will I will allow it. <laughs> I, will not, I will not hate him on principle. This is but allowed. I do, but I do think that that's where a lot of Americans get this, like, say as pushy, say as a predator, is that we have different cultural behaviors than what they have in Japan. And so what we might read as not respecting her relationship or as being pushy or being predatory is very normal in cultures that are not our own. What's funny though, like even as a North American, I'm Canadian, I've never seen Seiya's personality as pushy or manipulative or anything because uh, he's gone. Like he, he, like I said before, he, as, as all he knows, 
she's being hurt by him intentionally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Loki, my husband got me because he was so persistent like say <laughs> like we he would like be like hey what's up how you doing nothing no malintent no nothing i was even dating a guy in between and he's like how's it going with that guy i'm like oh, it's wishy-washy you know what i mean sorry mm -hmm. it's my alarm um and uh he would just be like how you doing you doing okay i'm like after we broke up i'm like not doing so good what you doing <laughs> <laughs> But you I do feel, feel like you're saying something there that I see a lot. I think, again, like, Marmo is like my husband. And if Seiya is like your partner, we do bring a lot of personal history into these ships. And that's mm. why what Daikon was saying, ship and let ship, is so very important. Because we come from yeah. different backgrounds. We come from different understanding and different cultures, like Daikon was saying, too. And these... These ships mean different things to us. And that's, that's totally why it's so important to value what everyone is seeing in each of these characters, in each of these ships. And not, not, no one is right. There's no right. That's right. Yeah, no, well, I mean, no one is right. But yes, you are right. No one is right about being right. You were absolutely on the ball with that. Daikon, did you have any additional thoughts to add? Uh, no, not really. Jackie, how about you? What, how do you feel about what we've discussed so far? Oh, gosh. Um, I really don't have that many thoughts about this. Um, I used to really not like Seiya, a lot like Daikon, just on principle, because I am a hardcore uh, soggy Mamoru shipper. Um, but now, like, listen, if I don't like it, I'm not going to consume it. If if you don't like it, don't consume it. That's just kind of where I'm at. And I just I don't feel that passionately about it anymore. Um, and I, I do think I have admittedly not seen stars in a long time, but I do remember thinking that Seiya came across as pushy. Um, and I don't I don't remember if Usagi ever like firmly told him no. I, I honestly don't remember, but that was kind of my frustration with it at the time. And I need to go back and rewatch it because I don't really remember. But as I get older, I can appreciate what Seiya was for her at the time. Um, he was absolutely what she needed. I don't know that she would have really survived what she went through if he had not been there. Um, so I think as I get older, I just appreciate his character um, a lot more than I did when I was younger, just hating him on principle. Okay. That's totally it valid. It baffles me how opinions differ based on life experience. It's, it's really an amazing thing. I agree. And I, think frank. and I think that's also part of some of the discourse where some people probably uh, most likely at no fault of their own is that they are projecting their experience and at, that's times, just it. And, and at times their own trauma. And that's just the human situations. condition. Correct. Exactly. Yes. We can't yes. not do right. that. Like right. it would be biased to think we wouldn't do that everyone right. does that like if right. i were to bring like i've said this before but like if my husband husband current husband i'm not saying i was married before i was <laughs> but if my current husband wasn't so persistent in talking to me and keeping tabs on me then i wouldn't give him the time of day you know he had an interest in my life in my person and that is what i 
loved about him. When we met for the first date, he gave me a stupid Simpsons joke, and I'm just like, I'm marrying this guy. <laughs> and a stupid uh, Simpsons joke. Right. And uh, like I was saying, it's like, you know, by no fault of anyone's, um, you know, there is some projection going on. Some of it positive, some of it negative. I think that when the expectation is that you have to accept my version of things because this is how I choose to see it is unfair to other people, especially when the experiences are different. Like it's like to, to for Kale to ask Laura to feel differently or vice versa is irresponsible. But for us to be able to say like, oh, like, like, wow, like I had no idea that, you know, your husband's like, say, mine's like, like, like mama, like, I, you know, like, I can see and appreciate these characters for who they are and they're characters in the story and they have a purpose that they play. I think that that's what a lot of people tend to miss and that projection tends to skew that perspective. So the one thing that I will um, credit the manga and uh, I would say most recently the Nell K musicals is that Usagi and Mamoru Tuxedo and Sailor Moon complement each other. And that is ultimate. I think that was the, they're the ultimate pair. And I think that that's what was lacking in the nineties anime. I think because the, the, the nineties anime was coded for young men. It, you know, where the manga was more coded. That is, those are from Naoko's words. So I'm not really, just, I'm not just spewing off the top of my head. I did my no, research. no, I I always thought it was generated towards young girls, but specifically the supers, like Super S season, because they incorporated Chibi Yusa more. They did this on purpose yeah. to so, bring in more of a child audience. Right. Well, and to to clarify that, Supers is meant to be more comedic than anything else. So that's was the main and I read that on Tuxedo on Mass when he did his research on that that Supers was meant to be more like lighthearted and comedic in effect not necessarily like young girl child focused so with that being, if I make with that, in, regardless of who it's directed for right. the difference also is that the manga was written by a woman and exactly. the anime written by a bunch of men um, exactly. so and that's Even what from I'm, that viewpoint, you will get different characterization. Right. And that's what I'm alluding to is the fact is that, you know, the anime was, was coded for young men and it has been stated as such. And I think that when it's that way, and it's like, and I think I that's why, this. and I think that's why Ikuhara was so hesitant to really fully realize Mamoru's character because the way the show was coded compared to the manga so i think i really in, i had so absolutely I, no idea like i thought it was adapted for children entirely yeah that was that was i mean the, i do was, think there's a lot of different discourse about this like osabu yes. saying something else then Oko saying um the producers are saying something else so who knows exactly. who this was directed for etc but right but the Naoko fact did is, clarify Mm-hmm. Yes, Mamoru, well, I mean, Mamoru is in have, essence, sorry. anime Mamoru, he like, literally the green jacket is a jacket that Ikuhara owned. Correct. Um, 
And I own it too, Loki. (laughs) (laughs) And like, also some of the choices they made. I am a strong, um, I'm I'm very opinionated in this this sense that I don't think all of this was on purpose. I I don't think male writers were sitting down saying let's make him more male, etc. But right. the manga and the anime were produced at the exact same time, right. and with f- a few of the things that happened later in manga chapters, the people who did the anime couldn't know they didn't know his age when he was starting out they didn't know what he was like um and all of these things and it's very natural for someone if you're sitting there to be writing yourself if you're having a blank space of a man in there and to not come up with the same ideas as a woman in her 20s drawing a man of how she imagined him um, how how she imagines the ideal man will be a different idea from her viewpoint than from theirs in the 90s. Right. So I, I basically like said that because, and the reason why I brought up the, the difference in the anime and the manga is because I think with the show being coded towards young men, like, I guess... They like it didn't like I would I would like speculate to say that they really didn't know what to do with Mamaru because the focus was the girls and making the girls attractive for the audience that they were trying to reach. Whereas the manga is much like anybody writing a story. It Mayoko like this is based off of Mayoko's personal experiences. You know, Nako even said like she made the male look emotionally distant and she made him look quote-unquote kind of pathetic just to give light to the female heroine exactly and 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 it's i mean again i will i will throw into there that she also did describe him as her ideal man and exactly exactly these were pathetic and a little bit useless is how she literally describes her husband so right. um, is that is, is that how we all describe our husband? <laughs> so you know, I'm kidding, this, honey. I love you. Don't don't come for me. And like especially in this way, I think because this this gets quoted a lot in English, but right. the connotation in the Japanese words that she uses are very very different. And I think what she meant to say there, if we were translating it in a more truthful way to what she was saying was she didn't want someone who steals the show from her. Right. And I think that's one of the reasons why he plays such a supportive role and that ultimately they complement each other. They are they are considered a pair. Um, and I think she leaned into this more as the series went along. Um, even the musicals, especially the revival, played into that dynamic um, in some of the songs and stuff like that as well as... Can we just appreciate how all the musicals were all female cast? Yes. In the new I ones? I mean, it, and it, 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 That's and it is... Mind-blowing. It like, I had a huge crush on Femme Mamoru. Oh my goodness. Oh yes. my and goodness. It, and it is in homage to... Uh, is it Takaruza? Is that yes. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, the theater style of women casting so um and i think that and and 
Naoko was very inspired by that style of Japanese theater, which brought about characters like Yarnus and Neptune. So, um, I, you know, like, I definitely, you know, ship Mamo and Usa, and um, they are definitely, like, you know, an official true pair to me. And even when I'm writing, I'm keeping in mind my Seiya Usa fans and um, leaning into that. Um, I'm trying to work out a concept where it's kind of like a multiversal type story arc where you are introduced to characters that haven't existed before. Where it's like there's a there's an alternate timeline where Serenity and uh, Starfighter end up together and they have a child, or there is a alternate universe where Beryllin and Demian are together and they have a child, you know, and because ultimately, you know, there are some people that some, that prefer certain characters together just because it feels right for them. And that's perfectly fine. Um, the, like I, I agree with Flora in a sense where I definitely prefer the manga version of Mamo because um, he feels more fleshed out to me. He has a better sense of purpose in the manga than he does in the anime. Um, I also prefer manga Seiya compared to '90s anime Seiya because he knows what happened to Mamo, or she knows what happens to Mamo, and. The she spends the majority of the story not only supporting Usagi but trying to get her to remember the fact that she just saw the love of her life killed right in front of her face and she suppressed the memory. Um, and I and I think that it also plays into the writers not necessarily knowing what to do when like the manga and anime are being produced simultaneously where it's like they went in one you know they they went one direction with the character and Naoko went in a different direction and it's like how different would it have been if the 90s anime had played out the way that uh uh the manga did like how different would Seiya's character be if that was the case that's something that I think about when it comes to those characters we have one more question and we'll be done um and the I think that's all I have. I was I was taking notes, so I'm like looking at my notes real quick. Um as far as um like this this conversation, but it's like I don't think either ship is wrong. I think that you know, much like Jack says, I don't really put too much too much into it because the the discourse can get very exhausting when people are like literally like coming for each other's throats over these ships and my yeah. thing is like they're not letting ship and let ship yeah right you know yeah definitely it's like you are you can like who you like you can pair who you want to pair but you don't have to cut my throat to basically get your point across and i think that a lot of people you know like the the superiority like who's better and stuff like that and um flora kind of like hit the nail on the head with us like we would be in an ideal world if we were marrying the people that are good for us or, or who are better for us when the heart chooses what the heart chooses, you know? So, um, 
Z, what are your thoughts, my minimal fans? <laughs> I don't even know what I could add or say that has not already been said or addressed. So I want to take a moment to say that everything that has been said has been said amazingly. And I love that it adds things that I often don't see when it comes to conversations about Mamoru and Usagi and Seiya and Usagi, which is connotation, denotation, and perspective. I feel like those are three things that are often left out when it comes to not only just them, but any kind of discussion. And y'all offered some really good and deep and nuanced perspectives on these characters and their relationships with one another. And it was it was it was just so nice to sit and listen to that I was like, oh this is great. Oh geez probably gonna call on me to give some thoughts. Let me try to focus for a minute. <laughs> um but I, I'm a I'm a Mama Usa shipper. I love Mamaru and Usagi very, very much. I do love Seiya and Usagi, but I much so prefer them as friends. And I more so prefer the relationship as to how it's portrayed within the musicals, um, like Ian Densetsu or um, the Mumma Fanal. Like, I, I genuinely love how Seiya is p- portrayed, words, uh, within those two musicals in particular. It's just very soft and sincere, and I just feel like it it encapsulates Seiya as a whole. And... Um, the kind of support that Usagi needed at that point in time in the story. It's just beautiful. It's so amazing. Um, when it comes to Maru and Usagi, again, reiterating, I love everything that y'all addressed beforehand, so I really feel like there's nothing else that I can add. <laughs> um, I think back to songs. I think y'all were talking about, like, all y'all had mentioned, like, the 90s anime and how the 90s anime kind of didn't really fulfill Mamoru, for lack of better words, of this character, and there's other forms of media that do so. And I kind of lean on a lot of the 90s songs when it comes to Mamoru's um, character, because I feel like character songs are amazing, and they're just another way to tell the story of somebody. Um, Because I wasn't 100% satisfied with how Mamoru's character arc was uh, expounded upon within the 90s anime for lack of better words but I think of songs like um, the Kishimete Itai which is sang by Toru Furuya who voices Mamoru if I'm not mistaken within the 90s and I feel like it's songs like that that really showcase Mamoru's essence that might, There's n- something might that not it's so hard about the mm-hmm. 90s voice actors and their individual song titles mm-hmm. that just makes you just more enveloped in the series, you know? It makes you connect with them more. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's amazing, and it's so magical, and I feel like I feel like they convey it better than the story in the 90s anime does a smidgen. Because um, I guess when it, comes to, when it comes to them in the 90s, I kind of lean more on the songs, because there's, there's so many different ways that you can storytell, and there's so many different elements within a story that can help further um, showcase and shape and define. Um, So yeah, like I I sincerely do not have any extra words to add that hasn't already been expressed. I just cannot thank y'all enough for, you know, adding the like connotation and denotation and perspective. That's three things that I love 
when it comes to any kind of conversation and y'all oh my goodness it was great it was amazing it was like i was really upset i was like dang i kind of have to focus so that way i know what i should be able to say when g calls me up to say something lumi do you have any thoughts to add that have not been discussed already I was struggling to unhook the the mute button, um, but define define thoughts because I have I'm a asking, lot. So, like, just for the sake of time, like I, you know, like I don't, I don't, I don't need you to repeat everything that was said. Um, I know that we're way over time, um, and we do have little ones that are waiting to be seen by their mommies. So I just wanted to know if you had any additional thoughts to the ones that have already been said. So not necessarily reiterating what was said, but adding any additional thoughts that may have not been discussed. Um, no, I just want those links to those fan fictions I had requested, but everyone keep ignoring me for. <laughs> um, yes, uh, we will. I will definitely. I'll reach out to everyone just because I know that. Flora mentioned Antigone 1, or Antigone 2. Um, Jaicon mentioned um, Rayoki. Um, so I'll definitely get those links for us. Um, and just to, to close it out, um, you know, you guys have done some phenomenal work. And um, I would say, like, in, in, a, in a perfect world, Kodansha or Toy decides to take one of your works and turn them into a series which story would you pick let's not talk about the time toei completely copied something from us (laughs) oh girl (laughs) i will post it because i am convinced they've seen our stuff and they posted the the uh, cosmos poster based on what we did i'm not Mm -hmm. lying i i know they see us i know they do so, sacrifice would be the series to be made <laughs> if they came. No, 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 no! Something about like sacrifice, but like I, I know because this, what they posted for Eternal Sun Moon on a rooftop, we did that. We did that, and it's almost exact. I will post. Oh my god! But we can't really post it because Toei's like. You're using our stuff, so we have every right to use your stuff. I respect that. <laughs> I respect that whole entirely. Like, I will never fight it. I've never actually officially posted it, but I think I might. But I don't want to be taken down, you know what I mean? Right. Makes sense. Flora, if you, like, what would you have turned into a series or a manga or a novel? I think the so you were I know this question was coming and I still don't have quite a good idea because I don't know if my stories would make good of us at all um because they're very specific um yeah I I'd be interested to see what like Daikon and Agni with jacket would pick of mine because that's probably very different than what I pick um but seduction for you seduction 100% yeah. See, I I don't think my sex scenes would translate to animation well. Like, um, that that would be straight up 
hentai sometimes because you can't film it in a way that you get these thoughts. I don't think it will translate at all. Um, I don't know, maybe. Um, I can't even decide if I'd want something Canon compatible or post-Canon or Canon divergent. Um, I thought about it long and hard. I thought maybe priorities, which is a story of mine, which takes the um, rainbow crystal arc and puts it into a manga setting, basically. Still very sex-filled, um, but it felt... When I was writing it, I was writing in a in a strict manga setting, taking this arc to the manga. Um, I would think that might work well. Otherwise, just simply for the thousands of settings, um, I'm still writing it. It's a work in progress, but Puppeteer, which takes the evil Endymion arc, but trying to um, detox it in that trope sense of a detox trope where you're trying to take these tropes, in this case, the bad guy trope, and removing the toxic masculinity from it um, and the non-con. Um, and for that, Evil Endymion, who can teleport, is taking Uzagi to lots and lots and lots of different places in the world that I was using lots of world imagery for. Um, I would love to see those, so that will be my final answer, simply for the visuals. Okay. Daikon, what about you? Well, I, I will say that, like, I feel like I would be absurdly delighted if anybody wanted to adapt any of anything I've written into a manga or doujin or God forbid, something actually animated. Um, hey, what's like, going on? I, I'm, I mean, I'm certainly not saying like that you have any obligation whatsoever, but if you did, I might actually keel over and die, just to warn you. Uh, Loki, Loki, <laughs> I need something different than what I'm doing, so I will be more than happy to take on a one-shot. My well, team if would you, be if, well, I promise. If you wanted to, like I said, I, I will I will squee, I will die, etc., etc. Um, in terms of like actually trying to pick something, um, that that's also that's in the same kind of vein as like which of my children is my favorite. <laughs> um, I feel like if I were asking the actual Sailor Moon animators to do something, R, R is for reverse, would be the most obvious one to ask them to do because they already have character designs and everything because it's a retelling of the Makaiju arc just with who remembers whether it's Mamoru or Usagi flip-flopped. And so, like, we already have our Yuma designs and we already have, like, our backgrounds and all we have to do is just change a few things. So that would probably be my pick for some fashion if, if if that were ever to happen, which obviously. Not. How about you, Jacket? Huh. Okay. This is this is probably the hardest question for me. But um, if I had to pick something, I have this ongoing series that I need to finish called "The Space Between." Um, which is it's set between the end of R and the beginning of S, and I kind of tried to fill in. Uh, and give Mamoru some character development that we just never see in the anime. 
Um, and he has some important conversations with the other Sinchi. And um, so I, that would probably be the one that I would choose if I was forced to choose. <laughs> that would be, that would be really cool. Uh, I feel like um, Mama doesn't get, like even um, Z has touched on the fact he doesn't really get as much justice as he deserves in the 90s. So I think that being able to expand on his character, even if it is like a, like a spinoff type series or in between Cole, that would be, it would be great. You know, like, you know, especially with like movies like Ami's First Love being done, like I would, I would even appreciate something like that, you know? Um, but I really appreciate each and every one of you taking the time and the energy to have a four and a half hour long conversation with little old us about Sailor Moon. <laughs> Can I just um, say, I have a whole new appreciation for fanfic because it's never quite been my thing. But now, like, just hearing how you guys put so much effort into it and it put, put so much of your personality into it, I need to. I need to read these. Let us know what do you think. <laughs> I'm and I'm, honestly, I am going to be very frank. I've never heard of sacrifice before this day, but I, I will now so check it out. Hey. <laughs> um, and I and ultimately, I think that speaks to our messages, Moonlight Justice, where it's like we are, you know, connecting and making bridges between each other and throughout the community where we are learning something new every day like you know and the fact that there are people out there in the community that are recommending you by name and saying you need to read this person's writing or you need to check out this person's fan series because they do phenomenal work so you have the community to thank for us reaching out and asking you to be guests because I am definitely very honored and privileged that someone recommended you guys to us and that we were able to experience your work firsthand. And we're definitely looking forward to seeing what else you guys come out with and looking forward to reading all the other stories that you have out there. So once again, thank you so much for joining us and we are done. Thank you so much for answering all of our questions. And uh, do you guys have any last comments that you want to make before we close? Um, I mean, honestly, I'm very touched, especially what you just lost, uh, said last, um, in the way that like we were mentioned somewhere, like people mentioned us by name. Um, because as I yes. said before, the um, fandom is kind of quiet at the moment, and it is a little dejecting in a way because like that that sense of community um feels very dwindling at the moment and to know i think at this point you have to give the fans to be able to revive it for sure it, but some, something very new just came out and you have to give them a sure. chance to be like hey I mean, I'm not i'm not i'm, I'm not harking on that like honestly what i mean, meant to say is like to hear that it may be just not be visible at the moment because like people are still out there mentioning us um does feel like maybe we just don't see the engagement anymore and is motivating in a very different sense again 
I just wanted to say thank you so much for having us and that this has been a really cool experience and kind of echoing what Flora just said. Um, I, I still feel like, you know, I just have my tiny little corner of fandom and the idea that people are out here like, oh yeah, you should you should talk to Daikon because uh, I really like her stuff is like, oh, okay, cool, great. Well, thank you, whoever recommended me <laughs> and uh, I, hope, I hope you enjoy. I guess uh, I'll go next. Um, so, as a creator of someone of something purely visual, it's nice to uh, communicate with people who have written these stories that I know deserve a visual, but like I can't. My my problem is with reading is I have a very short attention span. However, when these people write, I. I if people are recommending them, I know they are worthwhile to go check out, most definitely. I agree 100%, and just from the one-shots that I've read, I was blown away. Um, I have nothing bad to say about what I have read and experienced. Um, and that's great! Like, that's why I've been asking, like, I... I asking you guys as a whole please provide me with your stories let me know if they're spicy or not but let me know okay no if i'm in the mood for spicy i'm gonna read some spicy um i'm going to um send every like basically message everyone how i reached out to you for the podcast um so that way you'll have direct Beauty. links Beauty. um and, and you, know, I mean you guys can connect with each other that way the good thing on AO3 is that it gives you uh, tags, so you can definitely see if it's explicit or not. It will tell you if there is sex in it or not. Um, but yeah, he is I do explicit, have... not everyone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Are we are we at the point where my kid can say hi now? Yes. You say <laughs> hi, Sailor Moon lovers. Hi, Sailor Moon lovers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Does mommy love Sailor Moon a lot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again. Um, you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Flora, have a good night. Thank you so much. Bye, um, Bye everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for joining. It was wonderful getting to know y'all. Thank you.